you can see it as all eyes on me and I have to get this done and it can feel like pressure or you can look at it on the flip side of how incredible is this opportunity to be playing in front of all of these people and I get to be the one in this moment to get the job done for my team. Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. Champion School, we're sitting down with some of the brightest minds in the game, chatting a little sports, chatting a little mindset, chatting a little life. So uh, I'm Ray McIntyre. That's BZB. How you doing, BZ? I'm doing great, Ray. How are you doing? Things are good here. Things are good here. We're crazy, crazy busy. Excited to have you out. My mom's excited to have you out. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to be staying with my parents over here in winters this weekend. Uh, sweet trip to Maxwell coming up, which we're really excited about uh, getting back into a community that we got to spend some good time with last year and uh, see some friends that uh, we actually ended up playing ball with uh, back in the day. Shout out T. Wells. So uh, excited about that. Uh, Anything new on the MLU side that the people need to know about? Uh, Nothing too much. Camp season, well, part of camp season, it seems like it's all year. (laughs) It was spring starting up here. So we've got the next three weekends, we'll be traveling, getting some good camps in and some coaches clinics for some little leagues. So that's been an exciting part about what we're doing. And then uh, some of the just same things that we talked about last time, I had some great speaking engagements lined up here coming in the spring. A lot of cool things mapped out and still really kind of just solidifying the summer. So a lot of great things, man. I'm looking forward to the great rest of the year. We're, we're rolling and it's been it's March already, which is crazy. Let me run through a couple of these just because the people that are listening, we don't do a great job all the time of putting out who we're working with. So just so you guys know, uh, a couple of things we have coming up just across the next couple of months, really Anthem leadership class, Arizona Christian uh, University women's sand volleyball, which is going to be cool. Deer Valley High School baseball, Brophy baseball, Benedictine. Thunderbird High School, Desert Ridge baseball, Snowflake, Durango Middle School. Uh, there's just so many, obviously Wasella, who's shout out to coach up there who we've been with for a long time in the San Francisco state state towards the end of that. But there's so many things you got going on. You just speaking in front of people on top of project sandlot building and the campsite. Like if you're trying to get uh, us major league university to come speak with your team or your class, it doesn't need to just be baseball. Clearly you can see we're branching out. Uh, or if you are in the business of a school, right? Because you're starting to get in there and work with full athletic departments or just school uh, athletes in general or people in general, because uh, we're at a time in our lives where everyone needs a little bit of help sometimes. So uh, reach out, contact. Uh, what's the best way to contact you for that? Yeah. Email info at majorleagueuniversity.com. You can go on our website too. And there's a little chat box that should be able to have you send a message there or a little form that you can fill out uh, for us to contact you and we'll be on it right away. So those are the easiest ways. Social media is easy too. We've had a couple of coaches reach out on social media in just the last couple of days, which has been cool. Uh, Something that I, I met with uh, Phoenix Christian High School down here, and they uh, was one of the superintendents, and he mentioned something powerful. He's like, "Man, our team is looking for outside." reinforcement for things that you're doing like stories and things that our athletes and kids are dealing with. So it's, it's more than the sports aspect. It's say, hey, how can we provide another story? I like that little subtle, uh, little pop show right <laughs> there. Like hey, I, I recognize that. Don't <laughs> think I'm like not that? paying attention. Uh, show, All-star show the people, package, look at that all-star yeah. package, baby snarky cancer. Let's go. Uh, but it was cool to hear just somebody in you could say power that has some decision-making ability say, Hey, we are looking for outside people to come in and help reinforce what we're trying to do here at our school. So uh, it is just a great time to be able to do those. Uh, If you enjoyed that, if you want to bring us to your, to your community, drop a like, Uh, maybe drop a comment in the YouTube video. It helps us with the algorithm. Uh, We've been trying to dominate the algorithm lately. So I think we're trending in the right direction Uh, and make sure you're subscribed because we, uh, we post videos every week and uh, obviously we're growing on this side too. Um, College baseball whip around. We want to do this every week. Uh, We are college baseball guys and uh, we just want to make sure we hit on all of our uh, NIL guys. So we have seven currently. There's actually going to be a couple more added uh, very soon. Uh, but kind of updates around the country for those dudes at Northwest Nazarene, Max Holtzclaw. Uh, he's the closer for them. They ended up um, split four with Colorado Mesa. Do you remember the doubleheader days uh, back in WAC? We used to go Friday one, double Saturday and one Sunday. Horrible. Well, well, they're, they ran a uh, double Saturday, double Sunday 
like grindy day, but they took, they split two and two. Uh, Max came in for a two inning close, I think on that first game and, and shut him down. He's looking electric. Uh, I, hopefully that guy gets popped. Um, UTRGV splits with Texas Southern and Houston. They lost both to Houston to, to round it out. Uh, Kelch, pretty good job off the bench on one of those games, two knocks off the bench, which is not easy to do for anybody. Uh, one knock off the bench isn't very easy to do. So um, USF three, one over uh, three and one over Utah Valley this weekend, Weston Lombard. He's our, our left-handed dude. He uh, proved a two and zero on the weekend. He was five innings, five hits, one earned five punchies. Uh, and then UNM, uh, New Mexico turning around a little bit. Cody Holtz, uh, a dude that is repping us and uh, rep Dubtail Bats for a little bit, actually, uh, was one for four in one of those games. Uh, had another big knock, too. Uh, big, big home run and a, a big win over, I believe, Holy Cross was that. 32 runs. Sounds like the old New Mexico Lobos. Uh, I don't know if you remember those days. but <laughs> Let's just say if you want to bang it, you're in the Mountain West, baby. Like right. New Mexico. Uh, Air Force, yeah. Reno. Uh, we had tough winds blowing in. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, if you want to hit the ball, go anywhere. I'm not even going to say it here. So go to the Mountain West. <laughs> I can't say what I was going to say. No, well, I mean, we, I was talking to somebody else the other day, and they were talking about the the pitchers that go to the Mountain West, and it's like you. I'm sure you're psyched you're getting D1 scholarship, but part of you's going like, damn. <laughs> I'm screwed. I'm screwed. I got a pitch in 6,100 altitude. Uh, no, thank you, Air Force. Jeez. But hey, figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. That's right. Um, that's it. That's a longer intro today, but uh, let's move on to good news of the week. Good news of the week. A uh, couple, two really big ones. Um, one's more of like, I just thought it was interesting. And then this first one is just so crazy. Um, Hope Chicago. It's a, a nonprofit, I believe. Um, they are raising a billion dollars with, uh, with a B. Uh, and that's the goal. This man, uh, his name is Robert Jones. He's the Illinois Urban Champagne Ch- Chancellor. Uh, and he's kind of heading this whole operation. Uh, and they showed up to five different high schools, had assemblies at five inner city high schools, told every student at that high school that them as well as their parents will get um, or one of their parents will get a full ride scholarship, tuition completely paid for, books paid for, housing paid for uh, and for their four years. And so that they're trying to help solve a little bit of the multi-generational issues, especially in the inner city where education is just uh, really hard to come by. Uh, I was able to watch this video. I, I don't know if you popped in and saw it, but the look on some of the kids' faces who are literally talking to the camera saying like, that's not something I'll be able to ever afford minutes before is, is heartwarming and, and incredible to see. Yeah, absolutely incredible. <laughs> Raising a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, I think that's amazing. So just people taking initiative, man, doing the good. The, the more of the good news is needed in the world. So the more yeah. we can pump these out the better off people can be. So just hearing that, nobody would have known that. Like just seeing that video, seeing the kids' faces drop and like the the eyes light up, right? Like to have that opportunity for any kid is incredible. So kudos, hats off, give it a high five. Amazing stuff. Yeah, big up to Hope Chicago. Uh, I'm sure there's ways if you check out their site, you'll be able to help with that too if you are interested. Um, number two, this is just something a little interesting to me. There was a study found um, – where the first time in our human existence, we've actually seen the brain waves of a human as they're passing away, which is sad, obviously. But the reason why I'm explaining the story is uh, they're saying that the parts of the brain that involve recall and memory are firing at an advanced rate or a high rate at that moment. So the idea of us seeing our lives be- pass before our eyes at that time is becoming more confirmed uh with this study so like for me and i'm just thinking about like that they just put it in perspective is like what are you going to look at at the end of the day right like what is the last thing you're going to see is it going to be something that you're proud of looking back on or is there more you're going to wish that you had done um good news yeah 
Maybe not. I don't know. But I just <laughs> I just thought it was really interesting. I don't know what your thoughts are. That's on that. a great take. Man. I've never, never even looked into that. So that's that's really interesting. And now it brings me back like you, you always hear when somebody's on their deathbed and they are down to like their last days or words or whatever it might be. They either whether it's accepting Christ or they admit their wrongdoings or they get rid of the bitterness that they've been holding on to for years, you know, whatever that might be here, all these types of stories with it. But to hear the brainwaves are firing like that at that type of a rate at the end of your life go say, what are you going to look back on in your life to be proud of? Like you said, and it's like, we get such little time here. We think we have infinite amount of time in life and we really have a, a short window to do everything that we want to do. So would you rather, get by and do something that you hate doing every day of your life? Or would you rather go push the narrative and go do something that you love, that you're proud of and that you create, even if it means scraping by financially. So I think that's just the biggest piece that you said, Ray, is like when you're looking back, what are you going to look back on? What are the things you're most proud of? And usually it's probably our family, our kids, uh, our loved ones and whatever else we might be doing in the world. Hopefully you guys that are listening are out there getting the most out of every minute. So um, moving on at, Double shot espresso is my my deal today <laughs> for the grind. Oh, uh, it's not something I see out there. Dude. So these are the the double caffeine. I'm guessing it's like a full cup of coffee in my mouth right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna move on to chew on this presented by Grinds. <laughs> hmm. All right, chew on this. I got a cat running around here so <laughs> chew on this this week uh this is something that's uh makes my blood boil a little bit but uh, i felt like we really needed to tap into it uh mike matheny uh former coach for the st louis cardinals for a long time or manager uh, may, he might have been in another team or not i'm not sure but cardinals is what he's known for uh, he wrote a book called The Matheny Manifesto, which if you are listening to this and you're a parent, you need to dive into this um, probably today. Uh, so The Matheny Manifesto, timeout. This is... <laughs> oh, Snoop. Is that Snoop? No, it's not even Snoop. Hey, come here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Rolling back into what I was saying after that cat jumped onto the, my, <laughs> my desk. Um, Mike Matheny. A longtime coach and manager for the St. Louis Cardinals wrote a book called the Matheny Manifesto. You should read it if you haven't. Um, but it dives into it. Uh, it's a hot take on basically parents and being a little bit overbearing um, when it comes to sports and their youth. Right. So for me, and this isn't any specific parent, I, I don't, I want to make that clear, but over my time in the last five years, there's some things that have stood out to me um, that I think every parent should probably learn from and take, uh, to improve their well-being of their child and, you know, and whatnot. The, bi the biggest thing is every parent wants their kid to be the best, right? They want them to be Mike Trout. And generally that comes in the forms of lessons and additional coaches and, and time spent, you know, with other qualified people. Um, but a lot of times that turns into like the parent always pointing out the wrong. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. hey, you're doing a good job with this, but this, 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 or hey, you're always swinging at balls over your head or, hey, you really need to work on your turns if you want to make it to the next level. Like you hear that day in and day out as a kid, you're getting buried, you know, like it is very hard to turn that around. So as parents, and these are just a couple of things that I'm put down, if they're 12 years old or younger, and that's just an arbitrary number I put down, they need reps over mechanical fixes. I think you want to, if you want them to improve, you hit them a thousand ground balls a day. You know, you want them to start swinging better, go out and toss them as many balls as they want until their hands get tired, you know, let them do their thing. Uh, but don't focus on the mechanics because a lot of times the coaching coaches bad swings into kids. It's not the other way around, right? Kids are naturally able to swing a bat. It's just how that develops. So uh, focus on the reps. Uh, number two, limit telling them their faults right? Or at least balance it. I think it needs to be like an 80-20 split of encouragement on the positives while pointing out some of the things they can improve on. Uh, I think if you get hit with the negatives over and over again, that's what you start thinking about when you get into the game. And that only swells because all I'm thinking about is dad uh, getting upset at me for swinging at a ball over my head, right? So 80-20, I think it also gives you more weight uh, in that 20%, right? The kid takes those to heart versus 
you know, the bark that just gets softer and softer because you start tuning it out. Um, last one for me, uh, the limiting beliefs, uh, telling a kid at nine years old that he's not good enough or not going to make it to the big leagues, or it's a very slim chance or telling him that, uh, he's going to have to work really hard to make it onto his high school team. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Like kids, myself, we have enough limiting beliefs already, you know, like you don't have to tell him that he's not going to make it or there's a very slim chance. Like they, they get it, dude. They're nine years old. They just want to go play. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't build a fence around your accomplishments. As Jay Johnson used to say, definitely don't do it for your own kid because they have a whole life ahead of them. You don't know what their limits are. So don't build them for them. Hot take, aggressive <laughs> take. I had it on my mind and festering. Any, any thoughts recapping that? It, it, it goes back to everything that we talk about and we see it so often. I see it in lessons. I see it at camps. I see it at it just at a, a high school game, right? Going to high school game today, like checking it out. And I know I'm going to see it from somebody or a parent in the stands. <laughs> what are you swinging at? Why are yeah, you doing yeah. that? Just those little jabs of people who don't get what it takes, but something that brought that you brought up there, Ray was the limiting beliefs. And I remember my mom, she never put any limiting beliefs on us. She said, we can achieve anything that we set our mind to and encouraged us to go do that. Hey, you want to go in real estate, go in real estate. You want to go play baseball, go play baseball, firefighter, whatever you want to do. I don't care. That's your choice, but go do it. Like you can go do it if you set your mind to it. And I saw it from her from a young age. So as kids, we look up to our parents usually, and we're going to copy what they do. And in a lot of ways, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally and subconsciously, I started to get those habits. And I didn't know until probably the last couple of years that, Oh, I can do this. There's no limiting belief. I like get anything. That's why I probably do too much at once. Cause like, Oh, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. But I'd rather have that than being held back by fear and everything that you do. So as a parent, just be aware of your language. I mean, that's really the key take here is like, what are you saying to your kids as a coach? What are you telling your kids that they suck and they're not going to make it? Even if you're joking, they might not be joking or taking it in a joking manner. So that's just being aware of our language and how we speak to our kids and what are we exposing them to every single day? Are we giving them an environment to grow? Or are we kind of, like you said, building a fence around them and trying to protect them even though it's not really protecting them, it's just limiting them from their future. Shout out to Patty B who gets it. Um, I think, I think the big thing, like you were saying is uh, we're, we, we're not telling you not to be hard on your kid. Like that's okay. It's okay to be tough and show tough love. It's just not okay to tell them what they are, because I just don't think that you have that say, I, I don't think, I think they have too much ahead of them. Well, and here's one. There's a kid that I've worked with periodically. You've seen him at some camps and he's a freshman in high school now and he's smaller, right? I don't even know how tall he is, but he's a smaller freshman. He just made a really, really good program. Um, barely made it like, right. One of the probably there's only 15 kids that made it. And uh, the coaches told him that he's too small and that he's not going to be, he's not going to be able to play varsity if he doesn't grow. It's totally out of your control, and, but, but his dude, it's ridiculous, but his dad's like six, four. And this dude, I mean, you can tell like he, he's getting ready to sprout, right? Yeah. Like he's not there yet. He's a small gun and he looks weak, right? Compared to the others, but he works his freaking tail off. He is going to get, he's going to be six, three, six, four one day. He's going to be a beast. And when he grows into his body and he gets that kind of moving, I mean, who knows where the velo goes? Who knows where the pop goes, the confidence, I mean, all of these little things, so I just told him, dude, keep sticking with it. Like keep building your foundation, building the fundamentals, having fun, working hard. And as you grow physically, you're going to grow in your game. Like I, I'm really excited because I feel like he's going to be a case study and I'm doing my own case study on this, but um, it's a lot like my, my buddy Bummer, right? He went from sophomore year, was on JV and the, there was the JV all-star game. We, we call it, it was him versus Josh Taylor and Josh Taylor's with the Red Sox now bullpen guy, two of the best lefties in the league out of the bullpen. Both on JV as sophomore, yeah. both sprout to freaking six four. All of a sudden, start throwing hard and have a whippy arm. And next thing you know, they're playing at good schools and now both in the big leagues. It's like, dude, you're that young in high school. Like, who knows where you're going to be in a couple of years, dude? Well, and you know what? Too, you know, not trying to bash that coach, but that coach is the same one that you know buried the kid, said he's not going to make it on the varsity. But then when he's a big leaguer, he's going, I coach that kid. <laughs> You see that cat gave him a chance. He was I gave 15. him a chance. Right. If it, like, if, dude, it was, <laughs> come on. if it wasn't for me being so hard on him, he wouldn't have made it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the coach? And then we never seen it into a ramble session. Yeah, time. no, like, you're right. Go but, ahead. But like the, the coaches were like, oh, yeah. And a lot of it comes from these recruiting services, to be honest. Like, oh, we had X, Y, and Z went to this, this, and this. And in reality, you didn't do much to help the kid get there. Uh, you might not have even done anything. You could have even hurt his chances or her chances. And then they get to that level and it's like, Oh, that, that was me. And then it's like this accomplishment, I guess a coach are proud. Like I'm proud of the kids too. Like, I, I love that. But right. The, the key thing, but it's like, we can't take all the credit for their journey. We're just a, a vessel along the journey. So what am I going to pour into you while I have you for two days, three weeks, couple of years or four five, eight years, depending on how long I've coached it. What can we pour into our athletes to help them mentally, physically, spiritually in their life to be the best human being that they can be, which then takes care of the player that we're seeing out there on the field. And that goes to the parent side of it too. You know, I, and Gary V said it, and I, I love this. I told Eva about this the other day as like encouraging her as, you know, whenever we do move into that parent stage, he always talks about his mom and dad never really praised him a lot for the accomplishments on the field or in, you know, in the classroom or whatever. But the minute he held the door open for someone like an older woman or, you know, did something along those lines, it was like the most praise ever, because at the end of the day, like you're going to have wins and losses. It's going to happen, but you can always win in being a good person, like you had said. Mm. And, and those are, um, non-negotiables for my kids. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You better be holding the door. That's what Damn my right, right? When, when somebody doesn't <laughs> hold the door for, for me or like walks into the door. I'm like, dude, just mm-hmm. hold the door open. You, you, you saw me coming. It's okay. Yeah. Like I know I'm a man, but you can hold the door too. I'm going to hold the door for you. Like, and I'm probably pretty yeah. bad at it. Lexi gets, gets mad, but whatever. <laughs> we all need to improve. Diving into Coach Young, Marissa Young here, head coach at Duke Softball. She's entering her fourth or fifth year. I'm not sure which one. I got to double check that. But uh, really great conversation. Um, I think she's had a really incredible journey on her own as a player. And then to see her shift into the coaching side where they are uh, an elite level program uh, flat out. They're 13 and three this year. Um, they they were on a roll COVID year. I mean, they, they are a very competitive team and uh, really going to be exciting to watch them grow. Also, quick note, uh, makes sense. 13 and three UVA seven and oh UGA seven and oh it's the champion school bump. Uh, <laughs> it's a real thing. So uh, we're really pulling for coach young, but this interview is one you're going to want to stick around to the end for because she's got a lot of, uh, of enlightening things to add to this combo. So without further ado, coach young. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. I'm your host, Austin Byler. We got Ray Mack across the screen and an amazing guest today, Coach Marissa Young at Duke University. Uh, we don't usually do a ton of intros on these, but the last couple episodes, the, the resumes have been too deep to not just kind of hit on it a little bit. Um, Marissa, when she was playing at the University of Michigan, uh, former pitcher of the year and then player of the year, set the single season home run record, but also leads and I think it's still career, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, in strikeouts uh, at the University of Michigan. So uh, not a bad player, not a bad player. Uh, played a couple yeah. years of professional softball, and now she's obviously the head coach at Duke University where they are on fire, doing a lot of really good things. So, Marissa, we appreciate you joining us. How are you today? I'm great, Austin. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're stoked to have you. I'm kind of starting this off, though. Let's dive into your playing career a little bit and kind of growing up through softball, um, getting to play, obviously, at, at a very competitive stage and then going on to the professional stage. Um, kind of take us through your playing days and what led you to that passion uh, to develop in softball. Well, my uncle was a professional baseball player. He, I grew up watching him play for the Houston Astros and just going to the ball field and watching batting practice before the games and taking it all in. Um, I just really had an affinity towards the game. I'd, I'd sit and watch games on TV with my dad and um, figure out strategies of what I thought what pitch was coming next. And I think I just grew my love and, and IQ of the game at a really early age. Um, as a player myself, I wasn't blessed. I wasn't a, a five-star player with um, all the athleticism, but I really was a blue-collar kid who worked my tail off and worked harder than most to achieve the things that I did. And so I think as a coach, um, I found myself like 
growing affinity towards kids like myself that may not have, you know, the strongest arm and the, the fastest speed, but um, really love the game and work work hard and think that we can grow and develop them into the best version of themselves and um, love softball. I, I honestly went to the University of Michigan because of Carol Hutchins and she's known as a really tough um, shoot straight straight shooter as a coach and I love that about her. Um, my dad grew up coaching me most of my career and it's pretty hard on me. So I didn't shy away from a coach that was going to be hard and, and hold me to a high standard and enjoyed my college experience at Michigan. It was great going to the world series there two out of my four years and just being in that environment and competing at a really high level, you know, it's what dreams are made of. Um, and then after my college days had the opportunity to go play pro, uh, overseas in Italy. And then I, I spent one year in the NPF here, um, and then thought I was going to go to law school and thought my career would take me somewhere else. And being away from the game, um, I realized that it was my passion to, to coach and connect with, with kids. And uh, long story short, I'm, you know, co- coaching college softball. Oh, it's incredible. I love hearing the stories. I love hearing the backgrounds and then the influential people in our lives that have led us to wherever direction we've, we've been heading. Um, it's kind of cool that you mentioned the World Series because Ray Mack's wife played at the University of Arizona. They had obviously a ton of success through their careers and uh, kind of seeing it from the outside in, seeing how they do things. Take us through that experience at the College World Series. Like the, the, that whole event, the whole week, like take us through what that meant to you and, and just some of the, the cool things that might have happened throughout that week. You know, for us, it's it's the biggest stage most player college softball players are going to experience. And just having the amount of fans in that stadium and the line of kids that are waiting for your autograph after the game, that's what's, you know, just a great atmosphere. It's so exciting. Um, and there's not nothing greater than stepping on that field and, you know, taking the ball in the circle, looking around and seeing those thousands of people all over, um, you know, all eyes on you. And that's those are the big moments you, you work so hard for. Um, it, it's just Oklahoma City is a great atmosphere to play softball in. That's so awesome. And uh, obviously a great stage. I remember this last summer I was watching. Uh, it's probably the most college softball that I've watched ever. And it was so competitive. The game so fast. It was really, really fun to watch. I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, but it was way more fun than watching professional baseball. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like I was all in. And then the, and then the baseball, college baseball came on. And I'm like, nine innings it's longer it's like this was incredible but um, it was a lot of fun to watch now this is my last question I'll kick it off to Ray but as a player from the player's perspective how do you stay in control of your emotions how do you kind of ride the wave in those big moments when you're when you're on the circle it's just you right sometimes it feels like you're on an island how do you kind of slow yourself down stay composed and execute at a high level when there's so many distractions in a big environment and obviously all the publicity that you get playing in the world series I think it really comes down to your preparation and your approach of that situation. Um, You have to prepare for those moments, work hard at wanting to be that one for your team in those big Mm -hmm. moments to come through. And you have to practice being in those tough situations. Um, And then I think to your perception of how you internalize those moments, you can see it. Um, you can see it as all eyes on me and I have to get this done and it can feel like pressure or you can look at it on the flip side of how incredible is this opportunity to be playing in front of all of these people and I get to be the one in this moment to get the job done for my team. And so I think for me as a player, it was really that mental toughness piece and that wanting the ball, wanting the the opportunity in those big moments. That's so good. I love it. Coach, so you're you are a young head coach overall in the grand scheme of things and and in a crazy competitive conference. What's it been like uh, over? I think you're entering your fifth year, if that's right. What was it like jumping into the ACC as a head coach, uh, especially at your age? And how have you developed as a coach over these last couple of years? You know, I had a lot to learn. I still have a lot to learn. Um but obviously the ACC is super competitive and I was blessed to be an assistant down the road at, at UNC prior to, and I think that gave me, you know, a, an inside look at what you need to be successful in this conference, what it's, what it's going to take. Um, and I think as a coach, just starting a program from scratch and sticking to your core values, um, bringing in players that are going to buy into that. And, and our kids have tremendously um, continuing to be flexible that, you know, 
the days of it's my way or the highway don't work anymore. Um, so we're really collaborative with our, our players about uh, what we want this program to look like and how we want it to operate on a daily basis. And I think that that's really helped um, the buy-in from our players. Uh, I think as a, as a staff, I pride myself on being a really hard worker and being innovative and continuing to learn and figure out what's the best technology to apply, what are the best new methods to incorporate with our players to just I've got to be at the top of my game if I expect them to be at the top of their game. And um, Duke's a special place. And the kids that we brought into this program are incredible people uh, that really believed they wanted to come here to to get the best education in the world, but also to compete at softball on a really high level. And for us to win a championship in year four, uh, you know, that really was a culmination of this is this is where we are and this is what we want to be year in and year out. Yeah, your your insane trajectory. I mean, even in the COVID year, you guys were like what four losses? I think you guys have had sixteen losses in the last two years. Like, pretty insane. Um, what are you telling your your players going into this season? A fresh start, obviously. Uh, preseason polls as a former coach like didn't mean anything, right? You're going in fresh start. What are you telling your girls to get going this year? Um, again, it's another year of an opportunity to compete and show the world what Duke softball is all about. Um, we, you know, reached some new heights last year, winning an ACC championship and making it to the regionals. And this year, you know, we want to be a super regional team. We want to be at the Women's College World Series. And um, we've got a, a good group that's back and has ex- that postseason experience under their belt. Um, I have a tremendous coaching staff that, um, you know, works their tail off and has prepared these kids to be the best they can be. And I'm just excited for us to get in, get in with another season of experienced players. Very nice. Uh, I'll get one more presented back to by, but your staff, like we we're talking about, can you just touch on them real quick and, and break them down for us? Sure. Uh, Jessica Bracamonte is our outfield um, slapping coach, and she also works a a ton with our um, mental side of the game with the team, especially with our offense. Um, Joshua Bloomer is our infield coach and and hitting coach. He's done a tremendous job improving our um, power numbers and offensive production. Uh, Nicole Schaefer is our volunteer assistant who works hand in hand with me in the bullpen has has been a tremendous asset to our pitching staff Um, and Kayla Notch, who is our director of ops, uh, also a former player and and been a great asset for us there as well. It's huge. And and coach, you have a great staff, obviously really good support system. You mentioned something really important, though, is, is one of your coaches is big on the mental side, helping you guys with the mental side, especially as collegiate athletes. There's so many distractions. There's so many things going on. And obviously at Duke, the education is top tier. You're you're one of the top notch educations in the world. how important is the mental side of just sports in general? And how are some ways maybe from uh, the softball staff, but just in general as a coaching staff, we can implement uh, proactive tools to help our guys and girls just be more emotionally stable, more mentally strong, and just have other outlets other than just the sport itself? It's it's everything. And I would say it's probably 90% of what we do. Um, what's great about Coach Brock is she is that person that, pioneers every day. She's um, challenging us as a coaching staff to incorporate it into our practice plan. Um, So it's something we never get away from. You know, you don't go a few days or, or a week without incorporating stations and, and making it a constant focus. Um, You know, and oftentimes things are like phrases on a wall or a t-shirt, but you sort of lose that day-to-day touch with it. And so she's really great at keeping that at the forefront for us. Um, And so, you know, stepping away from just the X's and O's or, you know, just reps of feeling things out is really finding ways to challenge your athletes mentally um, during practice. And, you know, we want them to fail in practice so that we can work through how do you respond? How are you going to figure out how to respond from that come game time? Uh, And I think the other piece of the mental part is um, really connecting with your players one on one. They have to know you care about them as a coach. Um, they have to know that you care about them beyond just their performance on the field. And it, that takes a lot of time um, to develop, to spend time off the field with them and develop that one-on-one time to get to know them. Uh, I feel like as a staff, we invest in them tremendously as people, professional development. Um, if they have to mispractice because there's a certain class they need to take, uh, all of those are ways that we can show we're truly invested in you. And I think that that helps that, 
um, pressure of, gosh, if I don't play good today, you know, coach is mad or coach isn't, is it feeling me? Um, and, and that takes the pressure off them because our kids, they want to please, you know, they want to perform well, they want to make you happy. Um, and just teaching them that, you know, you're going to fail a lot in this game and, and what are some tools that you can utilize to respond and recover and, and ultimately learn from our failures so we can be better in the future. You know, it's so good. I love that you hit on the care factor, the investing in the people over the player. And we've had a bunch of great coaches on here and, and people in all different realms. And there's been one thing, I've been studying this for the last 10, 15 years, it seems like. And the one thing that remains the same is investing in your people and building those relationships. Like if I can trust you as a coach, as a player, like I just feel more welcomed. I feel like I can come to you with things, especially off the field. Like you said, hey, there's something professionally that you need to go tackle and, and accomplish. Go do it. Like we believe in you, you're here just communicate it, right? Just communicate it. Um, what are some maybe things, because there's a lot of coaches out here, especially young coaches that listen in and they're looking for other ideas, right? They're looking for things to implement into their teams, no matter what sport it might be. But the biggest question that we get is how can I implement the mental side into my practice plan? Like, what are some things I can do? I only have two hours as a high school coach. I only have four hours or whatever it might be with the, with the regulations and those types of things. What are some ways that you guys are working those into the stations or challenging your athletes and your girls with the mental side and maybe just some tools for a coach or a player that's listening in that they can take with them and, and try it out? I'll give you an example of one we've done most recently, and uh, it makes me chuckle because our kids weren't very good at it, but uh, <laughs> we, we were indoors, it was raining, so we had to go live inside the cages, and we had one group that was um, responsible to trash talk the pitcher, so a group of oh, hitters yes, had to trash talk the pitcher, we had another group of hitters standing behind the catcher, um, you know, calling yes or no early, uh, making those decisions on pitches in the, in the zone. Um, and then another group trying to decide what do we think that pitcher might throw next in this count. And so you're not, you're not changing practice. You're just incorporate incorporating those game-like skills that are needed, um, within your practice plan and, and really making that an emphasis. And, you know, the, the point of the trash talking was, you know, offensively, it's a battle between you and that pitcher and you have to be confident. You have to have that mindset of I'm going to step in the box and own you, but mm -hmm. forcing them to verbalize those things also was uncomfortable, which, you know, you take them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, and I think it, it was good for the pitchers. Cause they're like, Oh, okay. I'm going to show you, I, I've got this. on the <laughs> So, you know, things like that, that don't take um, a lot of time, but it just takes that thought process ahead of time of how, how can we incorporate this into things we're already doing in practice? It's a brilliant idea. And then you get the, the juices flowing. I really think that builds the team bonding too. Cause it's like one side's rooting for one, the other one's getting yeah, on the other and it. they're just attacking. And that's such a good idea. And, and what a great way, because you're not changing your practice plan. You're just kind of adjusting some of the things you're already doing. Right. So uh, I love that idea and it gets them communicating, right. That's the biggest part. You say get uncomfortable. I think that's so important, especially nowadays to break out of that comfort zone a little bit um, and show your true self. So that's huge. Um, I'll go one more then I'll kick it back to Ray for you. You've had a lot of successes a player right obviously the, the the stats speak for themselves the accolades speak for themselves now coaching wise you've done an amazing job at duke and establishing a, a high level culture and a winning culture right you guys have done such a great job there um, who's maybe been one of those mentors or people that you've looked up to in your life that have really helped you through this process maybe even from the playing days to coaching days but that one or two people in your life that have just kind of taken you under your wing coached you up a little bit and given you that inspiration that you can go out there and, and establish something like you've established at Duke sure I think first and foremost uh, are my parents um, my my parents have worked two jobs all their lives to provide me the opportunity to play softball you know go to a private school to be able to reach my goals and um, there were days my dad didn't get sleep, get off of work, a graveyard, um, get home and, you know, be off to the field to take me to games. And I just really learned um, the power of if there's a will, there's a way, you know, mm -hmm. he never made excuses for not being able to get things done for us. And uh, that's always instilled in me a sense of pride of if I want to work and I want to succeed because of how much my parents have, have worked and invested in me. Um, you know, I think Carol Hutchins has been a great example of, of sustained excellence for me in my career and just seeing how authentic she is as a person and true to herself um, has been a blessing. And I think, you know, Patty Gasso has been another good one for me from a distance in that she's had a lot of success and, and fit, figuring out how to navigate and balance 
uh, being a mom and having a family and still coaching at a, at a high level. Uh, she's been really helpful for me along the, along the way. So good. Do, or do you have a family as well? Do you I have do. Kids? I have, I have four kids. Oh, just how old? Uh, our oldest is um, 17. So we have a junior, a sophomore, a freshman in high school. And then our youngest is uh, 11. Wow. That's crazy. And you're in the middle of this whole thing. And did, were they moving with you this whole time too, while you were bouncing around? They did. When I first took the job at UNC, um, they stayed behind with, with dad for about six months while I transitioned. That was probably the toughest time and biggest sacrifice, but looking back on it, um, you know, it was obviously well worth it and part of the plan. Um, but it's great now they're, they're here, they're, they're in high school, they all play sports. So we are one big sport family bouncing from one field to another. <laughs> nice baseball, softball too. Uh, the girls play softball and the boys play baseball and football. Very nice. That's all. So how important is that? And we talk a lot about like balance and realistically coaching, there's no balance. It's incorporating your family, right? So how important has it been for you to take time and spend it with them, you know, and stay present in the moment when your mind I'm sure is racing on recruiting and getting better? Yeah, it has been a challenge. I, I think what I try to tell myself is I'm not going to be able to give them as much time as maybe other parents, but I'll, my, the quality and, and hopefully the life skills that I'm instilling in them because of my experiences as a college coach and the things that they're exposed to, you know, around our college athletes and in this environment, I hope will sort of make up for the time loss. And um, they get a, a you know, they want to live a college athlete life and they're definitely getting an insider's view of that. And I hope that um, they're they're learning from all of that, from that perspective, but, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to take my, my coaching hat off at times and just be mom to them. Um, because you want to push and like instill all the right things to help them be successful. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's their journey and you got to let them figure it out. That's right. Does, do you feel like you are a tough parent, like a tough coach? Uh, let, let me re rephrase that. So, uh, your old coaches hard-nosed, a little bit more grinders. Do you feel like you're that way as a coach now? And do you parent like that? Absolutely. I, <laughs> absolutely. I, uh, I have to work really hard at, at showing the, the love and care that I have because most of the time it's like, you know, trying to lay down the law and set the standards and make sure you're achieving um, all that you can do. And so, yeah, I have to work really hard at, at the care piece and, and softening the message a little bit. Uh, I mean, but it, it, you're true, right? Like you come across mm -hmm. as very true to heart. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, especially with us. Like we've had coaches, many coaches we've worked with that it's, they're tough, but you don't see that shine through all the time. And so as long as a player knows, like you're coming from the heart and you're coming from the right place and you want them to be better, I think, the toughness factor is, is what it is. You're just setting the standard. So um, for you guys coming up this season, what are some things you're looking forward to? Maybe some trips that you're really looking forward to this year. Uh, some, some opponents. I mean, you guys have crazy opponents all week, every week, but um, some that you're really looking forward to this year. Yeah, it's great. To, we're going to Arizona state this weekend and we get to play Oklahoma state, you know, top ranked ASU. Uh, and then the following weekend, we're going to University of Florida and my oldest daughter is committed to Florida. So I'm nice. trying to win some bragging rights <laughs> in the household there, uh, <laughs> sure. And then the following week, Michigan comes to us, to our home tournament. So I get to play, you know, my alma mater and my former coach. That's a, is it the first time you guys have played against each other? Yes, that'll be our first matchup. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> Not too what? tough of a schedule there. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. I love the oldest daughter commit to Florida. How cool is that? Uh, that's going to be interesting. That's like some real brag. Are you sure, honey? Did you make the right decision? <laughs> like, you know, you got to live with me. <laughs> that's yeah. so good. Um, I love it. And I love the fast pacedness of the softball game. I love where it's headed, the trajectory. I think it needs to be aired way more um, and, and brought to light, especially for our younger generation growing up. I think it's such a great sport. And um, obviously I love what, what you guys are doing there at Duke for you though, what, what's maybe your best advice. And, and maybe you've given this advice to your kids as well, but what's your best advice to any high school athletes uh, who are looking to play at the next level, who are looking for their spot. Maybe they haven't received that scholarship yet or that opportunity yet, but they, they know that their vision is college sports. Like they want to get to college for various reasons. Um, what is maybe your best advice to those high school athletes? 
I think the biggest thing is you have to learn to love the grind and, and putting in the work and the training piece as much as you love the games and um, kids that can do that. Uh, it becomes a full-time job at the college level. And if you don't love the, the grind of working out and, you know, getting in the extra work, it's going to be a challenge. And uh, we see the kids that love to work hard, have the biggest payoff once they get here. Huge. I love that. And I think even Joe Burrow said something the other day. It's like, you don't need to put on social media, everything that you do, like just go show them with your, your skills. Like I'm working out in my new PR on this. It's like, I, we don't need to see it all that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't do your thing. I won't judge, but uh, that is awesome. Uh, and I guess last question, I'll kick it off to Ray Mack for the, for the game. And then we'll wrap this thing up is coach. You've obviously had a lot of success. You've been doing a great job. You're just getting started in your coaching career. You're going to have plenty more success. I'm sure coming your way. But what drives you every day? Like, like what really drives you? I'm always curious to see like top level competitors, coaches, and, and just individuals. But for you, what is it that drives you and motivates you daily to go out there and do what you do? I am someone that just wants to be great at everything she does. I want to be a great coach. I want to be a great mom. I want to be a great leader. I want to be a great friend. Um, so yeah, I'm super competitive and want to help my players um, see to be the best that they can be in every area of their life as well. So awesome. I love it. Ray Mack, kick it to you. Well, we didn't prep you for the game, but it's going to be easy. <laughs> You'll be put on the spot, but it'll be, it'll be chill. Uh, it's called on and or off it. Um, basically, I'm going to go through a list of 10 things pretty quick. You're going to tell us you're on it, you're for it, you're off it, you're not really your thing, and then just a quick sentence as to why. Okay. Okay. Uh, number one, Duke basketball games. On it. I never was into it. <laughs> college basketball until you you go to a game in Cameron and you know your heart's racing goosebumps it's an incredible atmosphere it's insanity I'm sure um deep dish pizzas on it I like it I'm not a thin crust kind of girl (laughs) (laughs) I respect it um slap hitting on it I think that you know it's part of the game put pressure on the defense and uh speed kills uh the bachelor <laughs> hard no yeah too yeah, much hard. drama in my life i don't need to watch it <laughs> um country music off it what, what's your go-to music um i'm more a r&b hip-hop kind of girl okay nice. um expanding the regionals to 32 host sites oh that's a think about it um <laughs> That's an interesting take. What is it? What is What do they do in baseball? Uh, they do it just like you guys do. We're on the regional set as well. The idea is to branch out to 32 and make it all three game sets. Interesting. interesting. I don't know. Hot take. We'll see. <laughs> um, Ted Lasso. Have you seen it? not no oh it's a very great coaching this will help you take up that positivity and warmth i'm sure check that out um moving the fences back in softball Mm, i would say for it you know it's becoming a hitter's game and the long ball is king so we could drop them back a little bit and make some tight games yeah I, I argue with my wife about it all the time. She's like, well, how am I supposed to rob home runs then? It's like, well, <laughs> run faster, honey, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, two more. Valentine's Day. For it. I mean, there aren't too many days as, as a parent that you guys can take an opportunity to celebrate one another. So I'm all for the love. <laughs> Very good. Uh, last one. Joey Burrow and the Bengals winning the Super Bowl this year. Sunday. My son is all about it. In our house. Is he? That's all I've heard, and he is line for line why it's going to happen. So we'll that's see. awesome. We're pulling for him. We're pulling for your son too. That's awesome. That's cool. Thank that's you so amazing. much. That was great, Coach. Awesome job. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Coach. Best we appreciate it. To you, and if you get out to ASU, let me know. I'd love to say hi. Yes, I'll definitely let you know. This weekend would be perfect. Um, I'll go check the schedule too, see when you guys are playing. And then when's uh, is Thursday then? Is or Friday? Friday would be opening. Um, Friday is we play Oklahoma State and we play ASU on Saturday. What time's the ASU one? Um, and I can go look. I want to say seven o'clock. Oh, sweet night game. Let's go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, that, that'd be, yeah, I'd love to come out and watch. We'll definitely give you a high five, be cheering for you guys and uh, rooting you on this season, but thanks for your time, coach. We appreciate it. Uh, if there's anything we can do to help, we're always supporting and, and sending you guys good vibes your way. So best of luck this year. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're back. Uh, great interview with coach young, um, who is 
like crazy around my age. I couldn't imagine being the head coach at Duke, no matter what the sport is right now. So uh, what'd you think about the combo with coach young? I love her mentality and I love how, how not only disciplined, it seems like her program is, but the culture that she's created there. I mean, ever since she's taken over, she's done an amazing job. She's turned it around. They've had so much success this year. They're killing it. And they're playing some really good teams, right? We said ASU, Oklahoma state, like some historically really talented softball programs. And the way that she goes about her business is amazing. I can tell that her players love playing for her and I'm sure they get the most out of it. But something that stood out to me was her parents instilling that discipline in her like giving her the courage to go chase her dreams and not limit herself. And then also having that accountability piece of like, look, we're going to get our work done. Like we are grinders. I'm pretty sure she said something like, hey, I'm a, we're all grinders in there. Right. Yeah. And so she saw it from her parents going back to what we talked about in the beginning and uh, seeing that them setting the example and then her taking that into her own life. And then also her playing career, incredibly impressive, right? So impressive. <laughs> her resume is amazing. Watching some of these resumes are incredible, but using what she learned from her playing career, to give that to her players and beyond some. The last thing on that, her staff, her yeah. support staff. We don't hear enough about the support staffs of our of elite programs. And for her, she said, it's not all me. Like I have a great pitching coach. I have a great GA. I have a great trainer. We have a whole staff and collective unit that is helping our athletes be the best that they can be. Working on the mental side, working on these types of things. So uh, I just think that that was a really big part to that conversation that needs to be highlighted is the support staff and everybody on that team has a role and they're all working in the right direction for what they want to accomplish this year. Well, and how easy is it to go play for somebody like that? You know, oh. that she, she clear, she made it clear. She's a tough coach. Like she's not going to shake that off, but that's true to her form. Mm -hmm. But every one of them knows that she cares. Every one of them knows that she's in it to win. There's no money or anything that like that involved. Like she's trying to build this thing and, and make it a powerhouse. And I think she's going to do that. I think they're well on their way to, to making that happen. So coach thank you so much for joining us um and shout out to you for being a full-time mom too i mean you're yeah. you, god Incredible. i can't imagine doing that either right now so um first of all thank you for coming on and uh we wish you guys the best of luck we'll be watching uh as the rest of the season unfolds for you guys and hopefully see you guys out there in oklahoma city uh for the rest of you guys listening we can't thank you enough for hanging with us we know this was probably a bit of a longer one because uh, austin and i just like chatting <laughs> for the intros but uh you know Thank you again for joining us, majorleagueuniversity.com, projectsandlot.com, if you're looking to help out on, uh, you know, underfunded youth sports, which is a real thing. So uh, that's going to do it for us. I hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you soon. Peace.